0: off to a great start we're back baby we're back baby we're back baby i need your clothes your boots and your motorcycle and your
1: podcast welcome to the podcast
0: my name is eric denton my name is shane hardesty i am one half of pixels per minute shane hardesty is one half of pixels per minute when we combine forces we become uh it's just a, a podcast pixels per minute it's yeah, know. it's a oh, podcast no,
1: about ahead. gaming, so if you don't like games, get the fuck out of here. Or don't. Whoa, whoa. Or don't, I guess, but... If people want to enjoy the podcast... What if they don't, though? I guess everyone's entitled to their opinion. And I don't like it.
0: That's... I mean, well, okay, wait a second. But people have opinions, but you don't like them? I don't know anymore, man. Okay, so tell me... A t- oh, all right, let's Let's break this down for a second. Okay. Tell me an opinion that you heard recently.
1: An opi- like one opinion that I heard recently? Mm-hmm. What's one opinion you've heard recently? Oh, uh, I don't man That I, you were just like... And I was just upset about it or just...
0: Yeah. Like, well, you said you were tired of hearing opinions or you don't like opinions. So let's hear it.
1: Oh, uh, I was just being facetious. I don't really listen to people when they talk. I just think about what I'm going to say next.
0: That's not... You can't be a good listener I'm j- doing that. That's not active
1: no. listening shit. No huh what uh 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 so games um video games have you uh
0: i've heard about video games before what can you i believe it requires uh you know like electronics tv
1: like a joystick a wood grain console and like some fucking controller hmm like a wire or like a t the tv i don't understand games Dude. Eric. I'm, ch- I'm just i'm starting to realize that i don't okay hmm. so blast from the past did you ever have one of those rf adapter things i did i do remember you had to that put your tv on channel yeah. three so you could play nes and there's that little hook that went around the yeah turn thing. what the fuck were those things i don't really understand. i mean I they were rf adapters like i i get
0: that but also like how the fuck was that the thing we used to get
1: the games onto the TV? That's a good question, actually. That mm. Now that you mention it, I have no idea that why or how they decided that that was how we were gonna do this.
0: I mean, I guess but. it's just because like that's what everyone had on their TVs. like everyone had the
1: bunny ears, or everyone had yeah, that's true. Now it's just HDMI. and it's like and it's like more it's like difficult in other ways when you don't have like a handshake.
0: Oh, I was just about to bring up fucking handshakes.
1: God. It's yeah, it's irritating, especially if you have a more complex like home theater system set up with things chaining from each other. And then you're not sure exactly which part of it is not letting everything else work. And so you have to systematically go through and just unplug and reseat things. Uh, Yeah, that's fine. You got to
0: get things out of the chain, you see. I'm ready to go. When was the last time you had a problem with HDCP?
1: Um, you know, since I haven't been running a PlayStation into a capture card for a while, I have not really had that issue.
0: I could see that being a problem. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, uh I I haven't done any I haven't done any console streaming or anything, so yeah, I haven't I want to say the last time I had issues with that, I had a uh HDMI switcher. Yeah. And it was like, nah, dog, we're not fucking with this HDMI switcher. But then I have like a stereo and shit just works. The receiver, it just works. So I don't understand that. I'll never
1: understand it. I think it's obfuscated on purpose, right? Is it? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, to make sure you can't circumvent it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was that story about the guy who uh, wrote down, what was it? Like the HDMI fucking HDCP code. And he printed it on his shirt, like on a t-shirt. I I don't remember that
1: That's kind of interesting
0: Okay so yeah a guy basically circumvented HTCP encryption With a universal code And he Printed it on a t-shirt And like I want to say They tried to fuck him up and take him to jail For like piracy charges or something
1: Was that his way to like Spread the open source nature of the code Is just to wear a t-shirt of the code
0: yeah the problem was it wasn't actually open source it was like an industry secret, but he was like, nah, data's free bro and then just print it on a t shirt so free data like, man that's like these guys now the the current thing is these guys that have three d printer models for guns.
1: I saw some of that stuff that's kind of wild the like one of the one of the
0: prominent guys, whatever that's involved with it also got caught up with like child sex charges because he was going to malaysia or something to have sex with prostitutes that are underage shane cut
1: this Uh. (laughs) yeah Yeah, pixels per minute we're a family podcast um oh man Uh, (laughs) yeah but
0: apparently you can 3d print a gun and it's like you can shoot at least
1: two or three rounds out of it god that's terrifying
0: bro the world, like information is, phew, I don't know. You can't, you can't stop it. How many Knowledge. books have been, how many books have been written about trying to stop the flow of
1: information? I don't know, but that's, you know, like imparting information is a really weird way of stopping the flow of information, mm. you know, cause
0: mm. it's a book. Well, yeah. Like books, who gives a fuck about a book anymore? Uh, but the, well, the, okay. So the crazy thing is some of these countries are blocking, like firewalling the internet. And now, if you just wrote something in a book, you could hand it to a person, and maybe a cop would be like, "Yeah, whatever. It's a it's a book." But really, it's some secrets that the government doesn't want you to know. It might actually be a better method to get secrets to people in a book than on the yeah, end, like in twenty nineteen,
1: like uh, dead drops and stuff like that. Oh, fuck, um, man! Man, we could go down a. I watched The Americans. I know we how that could shit go works. down a whole fucking rabbit hole with that bullshit. Um,
0: This is the second podcast where we talk about espionage, circumventing internet firewalls, getting around our government uh, restrictions on information. FBI and CIA, you're not allowed to listen to this podcast. No. If you're a a cop, turn it off now. We know. We will know.
1: (laughs) We will know. If you
0: have a badge, uh, you legally have to tell us and also turn this podcast off. Yeah.
1: You have to like and subscribe and then comment that you're a cop (laughs) and then... We'll talk to you, and if you're cool, then maybe you'll help us. What? Okay. Anyway, a question. what do you? What
0: percentage? What percentage of cops do you think are cool?
1: Oh God, I don't want to answer that question. That is out we'll of talk my... about that later. That's out we'll of my depth of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you been up to, man? Dude, like today? I, I mean, I don't know. When's I... the last time we did one of these? A couple months ago? I think it was before E3, actually. Uh... Yeah, probably, probably e3 I mean, is like, cool and I can't remember any of it anymore I don't know like uh, there mm.
0: the question about e3 is does e3 need to exist anymore yeah and I think the answer is like overwhelmingly yeah I low. don't
1: see any with everybody doing these independent um, broadcasts on their own and pushing the brand that way I think that that makes more sense uh, for sure for sure yeah I always wanted to go before it got lame and it seems like I've missed my opportunity to go do that. But at the same time, it seems like it's so empty now that I could probably go and actually have a good time.
0: Yeah, because, well, go have a good time maybe, but like from watching some of the coverage from the last E3, it sounded like the public press passes kind of made you, uh, uh, like a pariah, you know, like a bunch of industry people are like, Oh yeah, it's just public, Access people, whatever, you know, and you don't get into like some of the cool demos or whatever. Maybe I don't know, it could be cool, but I really want to go. So, here's the problem, right? Okay, you gotta fly across the country for us, yeah, fly across country and
1: deal with hordes of people. What are you really getting for that time? Oh, sure. I mean, I would want to go just to look around, I'm not that set on having to play any demos or anything so i bet i would probably be wasting my money but it would just be cool to go to this place that i've heard so many people in the industry talk about um and even though it's not the same obviously just be able to to be in that space and to imagine that i guess i don't know it would be very cool to go like yeah
0: if you and i could head out to la one year and fuck it just be tourists or whatever at the game convention that'd be cool
1: yeah i don't have super high expectations like i'm not thinking i'm gonna go there and get like a behind the scenes demo of like cyberpunk or some shit like that but uh i i like indie games kind of primarily anymore anyway so um i'm sure that i could find somebody but that being said probably pax east is like where i should be going if that's what i'm looking for
0: I've never I've never been to a PAX. Like I don't the PAX thing seems
1: strange. I don't know. I think it's just geared towards smaller developers and and I don't know. It's I don't yeah. <laughs> it's it's like close enough to a Comic-Con to where I don't know if I would have a good time. Have you uh, ever been to a con? Yes. I've been to a couple out here in Columbus. They have a couple of anime ones and I've been to a board game convention as well out here. Uh, and as interesting as that is to do something that you haven't done before, I just don't think it's for me. Um, especially the anime one, because I'm so surface level on that kind of stuff that I don't feel like I belong there.
0: Hmm. I, I yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know very much about anime. Like I don't listen. I don't watch very much. I don't participate in that. So an anime con would be weird.
1: Yeah, but the cosplay stuff is always cool to see because people really wow. put their <laughs> part their heart into that kind of stuff. Okay, all right, I see where you're getting uh, at here. I have ulterior motives with the cosplay okay. stuff. Okay, personally, I see. <laughs> I see what we're getting at here. You like I'm the craftsmanship disgusting. of the costume? Oh yeah, yeah. Of it's
0: course. like oh my god, the the work they put into it is just it's amazing. Um.
1: Anyways, Shane. What have you been playing, man? Um, I have been playing through Fire Emblem Three Houses. And it is my... That's a, that's a new Fire Emblem game, right? Yeah, it's my first Fire Emblem game other than trying out the mobile game that Nintendo put out a couple years ago. Which I wasn't super fond of. Uh, so, to me, an
0: uninitiated Fire Emblem guy, give me the 10,000 foot view on what Fire Emblem is.
1: I think from like a macro standpoint, you're looking at like an Advanced Wars or final fantasy tactics style game okay this one specifically why it resonates for me is it's wrapped around that is sort of a persona like attention to detail with building relationships and having only a set amount of time to do those so outside of combat which is turn-based uh almost like a chess style thing you're you're putting different types of uh units have different move actions. One might be ranged with magic, one might be ranged with arrows, one might be sword, axe, and those all have advantages and disadvantages against other types of units. And your ultimate goal is essentially to route your enemies at the end, to defeat them completely or to escort somebody through a certain amount of turns. Uh and so that part's cool. The combat stuff is fun because a lot of the things that you're doing in the periphery are adding to that experience. And so what I don't know how much of this is is new to this series, but what resonates with me for this game is that you are a professor at like a monastery and you choose between three houses and you form relationships with the students and with the staff who ultimately help you grow like because your your player character is also in the battles as well so you're instructing the students you're choosing what their strengths go into and you get positive relationship points for those you might have lunch with a couple of them that you want to synergize together uh, when they're adjacent in battle and so you'll have like lunch and that's a point of the day that you can do uh there are tea times which also raise your relationships with certain people because there is a, a romancing option, in essence. I haven't gotten to that point with anybody. Um, but yeah, there, you can give gifts. You're uh, doing fishing, gardening at the monastery. There's just a weird like, slice-of-life component that's wrapped around the entirety of this game. And it's that part of it. Everything's voice-acted. And it's that part of it and that character building. And, you know, you can, even if you just choose one group, if you have a specific student in another group that you really like or that you know would be a good complimentary member, if you get enough skill in certain things, you can recruit them to your own team. So okay. you're bringing people over from other teams and you're seeing cut scenes of dialogue with them talking to each other. And if you hadn't recruited that specific person or you didn't have a certain person on your team that synergized with them or had... Uh, like dialogue with them you might not even see that part of the game and it's not like something that you you're gonna lose a lot out uh on the experience if you don't get it but it's neat little flavor text with some of these relationships uh i really like it i've played probably 30 hours and i have not even hit the second half of the game there's like a time jump at some point so i've put some fucking time in uh i've been doing so many battles rather than uh, resting or doing like you can do like adjunct professor seminars where people get special bonuses to things doing that there's a lot of minutia in the, the ways that you can affect the students knowledge and what they're doing in combat but um, I've just been pursuing all the side battles and so now my typical level of a mission that i'm going on is 19 and most of my students and i are around the 27 or 28 level 28 area <laughs> so we're just rolling through people and that feels extremely gratifying and then we just get back to uh the monastery after that point and we have some tea or lunch together hmm. and uh, do some fishing so
0: it sounds so it kind of sounds like you've got like a like you said like a final Fantasy's tactics uh like battle system yeah turn-based battle system Mm -hmm. but then you also have sort of like a persona type of um, relationship building and it's all kind of mixed together
1: yeah yeah and i think that because those systems um, alternate throughout the game you get a break from each one and they are both fulfilling in in equal parts because you're not only focusing on that what are you playing this on uh this is on the nintandi
0: nintendo switch nintendo switch okay yeah um i've heard of that i've heard of that when uh when did this come out i think eh, like like two or three maybe two months ago okay
1: so you said you're about like a third of the way through it i think so i might be a third to a half of the way through it, and i'm at around 30 hours
0: 30 hours okay i was i was kind of curious what the hour count on this was um
1: I know, like, Persona games are really, really long. Yeah, she's cat played Persona 5, I think, 130 hours. Jesus Christ. And she okay. had to knock the difficulty <laughs> down at the end to beat it because she was just sick of that. This game isn't really like that. That game, you can get yourself into a corner with how your save is, and if you don't have enough healing materials or certain things that you need, you can really, like, kind of ruin your game <laughs> at the end of it. Like, make it nearly impossible to, to beat it. I remember,
0: yeah, I remember old RPG games. And, yeah, like, if you didn't have the right setup or something, like, you didn't do something 50 hours ago, that you're fucked at the very end. So, I mean, I guess, like, in a way, it's nice that there's, like, a difficulty option on some of this stuff. To be like, uh, I need you to turn this way down because... I didn't grind for fifty hours or I didn't get this weird extra thing or whatever, so Well yeah, and that's the just, that's Does the, Fire Emblem does it seem like it's a
1: grindy game in that nature? Not really, but the one thing that I'm not playing it the classic way you're supposed to play Fire Emblem, which is if the characters fall in battle you lose them.
0: Like a permadeath? Yeah.
1: I'm not playing it that way. That's not fun to me. I'm not I don't want to put a bunch of time into these students and then accidentally make a mistake and lose them there is this thing called divine pulse in the game that allows you to a certain amount of times um, per battle rewind time Hmm. and it'll allow you to clear back to the beginning if you want like if you thought you just had a terrible uh, you can go back step by step like each move or you can go clear all the way back to the beginning and so i guess that's probably something that helps people uh get around the whole permadeath portion of it but uh yeah i just i like the people too much i couldn't handle losing them so
0: (laughs) getting a little too invested in your uh your crew
1: yeah um that's that's kind of it on that one i've been playing borderlands 3 as well and uh this is the big new game yeah right now uh and I would agree with people online where it's kind of a matter of if you like that game and that's something that you were interested in, it is a return to form. Whereas that pre-sequel kind of got off to the side of what I felt like made that game good. Mm-hmm. Uh So yeah, a ton of weird guns talking guns that walk around on the ground and fire for you. Uh, it's the comedy is hit or miss for me. There's a lot of weird, kind of edge lordy shit that they say, but occasionally they're very self aware and the the humor hits for me. I mean, mainly it's just a fun game to play with a few friends and put in a couple hours, trying to find some silly gun that shoots other guns. Or I had a, a fucking rocket launcher the other day that shot hamburgers out of it. Uh, <laughs> So okay. <laughs> it uh it's cool. It's more Borderlands and uh I think if that's something you're looking for definitely check that out. Um the other thing is uh Super Metroid. So we just got all that that SNES drop uh on the Switch. That yeah, has yeah, like yeah. what 16 or 20 SNES games I think off the rip. Um and a lot of good ones. I mean, uh Super Metroid is on there. I played Pilot Wings again for the first time in a while, which is awesome. Um Zelda, what is it? Uh, Link to the Past. Yeah, uh, yeah, is on there. Super Mario World. Uh, a couple of Super Mario games are on there. Uh, I think the original Poyo Poyo is on there. I yes, I, that's correct. Which was weird. I didn't realize that that was going to be in there, and uh, went to go play that. And I don't know what any of the menus mean, but I was able to get a couple of rounds in, so that's been fun. Um, and then what is it? Super Ghouls and Ghosts.
0: Yeah, it was like one of those uh
1: impossible games back on SNES. Yeah. And uh I've been trying to play that and man, that is fucking something. Uh it's like if they turned up the difficulty on Contra all the way. And So
0: yeah, I've uh I've been playing Super Mario World. So I never had a Super Nintendo when I was growing up. Um I had a Sega. And so people were talking about super Mario world with such reverence. I was like, well, I should play it. So I played it and I guess I didn't really get any of the, uh, like the secrets. Like, I'm not sure how much of the, um, like completion record I got, but have you been using any of the switches SNES stuff where you can like pause and rewind and stuff like that?
1: Yeah. I honestly think that's one of the bigger components of that system that I've been enjoying. Um, it, yeah you can i guess kind of cheese the game if you want to be able to to do stuff that you normally wouldn't be able to do um or just like perfectly time a boss or, or things of that nature but mm-hmm. for things like that super ghouls and ghost game i think that's super uh i keep saying super geez super nintendo uh i think that's i think it's the only a good it's the, value like, add from for what people I understand the cause... only way you can beat that game
0: is to have like a pause and rewind mechanic
1: Oh really? Is that what people are saying? I haven't played enough of it, but that's I've I've heard through reading about it that uh, it's one of the the most difficult uh, console game or that generation mm-hmm. of console games that was ever I mean, released. It, for,
0: uh, yeah, I haven't played around with it too much. I mean, I've been messing around with the SNES stuff as well, but yeah, it just sounds like horseshit. Like that's.
1: I don't know like something that would be more tuned for an arcade rather than having it right just designed to eat game. your
0: quarters or whatever uh yeah no fuck that so so with the super nintendo uh well are the super mario world stuff like again i never played it and so i just kind of wanted to see my way through it and so yeah i would like could i I had like 30 lives or something like that when i was playing through it like could i have gotten through it absolutely but i just wanted to fucking get through the game and apparently there's a bunch of secrets that i missed and so i need to go back and get that but for the most part like, i just wanted to see the game i want to see the levels you know i would restart a couple but it's like i had... how precious do i really want to be with some of this stuff like oh, I need to play it just like it was back then. It's like, no, I don't really think so. I'm pretty happy with using the mechanisms to rewind and stuff like that.
1: Um, Yeah, I agree. I think getting through the content itself is really, I mean, what you're looking for anyway. So yeah, absolutely. There's something to be said maybe about the difficulty in some of those games and like how rewarding it can be if you're able to like push your way through them but also i just don't have time for that shit anymore so (laughs) uh having a having a way to look at stuff like that is super important to me and i'm glad that a lot of these classic remakes are having those additions the one thing with these that i wish they had more of were like uh manual scans so i could see the original manuals for the games Mm. and yeah um Maybe I mean they've actually been doing this a little bit more, but like uh, they have like plus versions of the games that have save games on them that are ready for you to go and check out certain parts of the game, hmm. uh, or you might start the game with some items that you normally shouldn't have at this time. So they're kind of like a ROM hack version that they've put in. That,
0: that almost uh, reminds me of like the old days of the Game Genie, right? Like, oh yeah, punch sure. Punching in a code, get having whatever when you start the game, or infinite lives what have you just to again like get through the content and see it but you know you're not playing it the right way or the way the developer intended you to it's like eh, i i can get i can yeah. get over that as a adult now It's just like just let me see this shit i just want to see this game um i that's why i'm so terrible at games today is i cheated
1: my way through so many of them when i was younger <laughs> i don't know i i kind of after the whole sekiro shit early this year i'm so over people gatekeeping shit that it's just if you're happy and you're enjoying yourself and it, it's serving you then who cares how you're playing it i mean if somebody doesn't like it then whatever fuck them
0: did you did you play sekiro
1: i played maybe 10 or 15 hours of that game i have i've really i have such a difficult relationship with games like that because i really do enjoy them but um i got that one at a time when i got that one at a time when i was having like a shittier time at work and so the extra anxiety wasn't something that was uh interesting to me Mm. so yeah like yeah,
0: like Dark Souls games and Blood... Like, I never really played Bloodborne, but Sekiro is from the same guys. And you're right. Like, there is an anxiety level to those types of games where if you're having issues outside of that, that yeah, why why would you want to ramp that up, right?
1: Yeah, I just... I wasn't getting anything from it. I, the sense of accomplishment of beating an enemy was just... You know, you could put... Two or three hours into that game and and kind of be empty-handed mm-hmm. by the end of it, depending on mm-hmm. what had occurred. And yeah, I I just kind of dropped off of it after a while. I think I, I will go back now. I have a better job and I'm in a better situation now, so maybe it's it'll be time to uh, jump back in there and check that one out.
0: Well, that's I mean that's kind of one of the problems i always had. Like I've played. Uh... But Demon Souls, Dark Souls one and two. Did not play three. Uh, played very little of Bloodborne. Did not play any of Sekiro. But like I always kind of get, um, and I don't even. I mean, I would say like maybe ten percent through, like a couple of bosses, and then I just hit a wall. And it's like I can't either a I can't figure it out, or b I'm just not good enough to figure this out. And so the like the repetitious nature of it. Like I'm not learning what the game wants me to learn to get past this. And so like, it feels really, really good when you hit that roadblock and then you get through it. But then when you hit the next roadblock almost immediately, and it's just kind of like, eh, I have maybe better things to do with my time because I'm just not, I'm not getting the enjoyment out of the game. And I know a lot of people are, you know, say get good, but you and I both work fucking full time. like, I don't have time to spend getting good or whatever. Um, I may never. So it's like, I understand why these games exist. I'm happy they exist. They're fun to look at, but like, I, I didn't buy Sekiro. Um, a couple of friends of mine were really into it. And they were, it was right when it came out, they're sharing secrets or tips with each other and stuff. And they're like, you need to get Sekiro, you need to get Sekiro. And uh, I don't know, like, it, the dark souls games maybe are just aren't the thing for me
1: anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I could I could definitely understand that. I'd love to be I like to be part of the conversation, but every time I spend my money on one of these games, I end up regretting it.
0: I like, I have a good time poking at it for 15 hours or so, but I know like to really get everything out of it, you need to put in you know, again, it's one of these like 60-70 hour games and it's like I uh, if I'm not enjoying myself throughout that time, and I don't feel like I'm getting better at it or whatever, what's the point? That's a that's to me, that's a waste of money.
1: I so. think so too, and it's it all has to do with what people get out of games, I guess. So, um, you been playing anything else, Shane? Um, that is about it. I got Untitled Goose Game. I'm gonna crack into that tonight. So, uh, no, I feel like. Correct me if I'm wrong Was that
0: something that was out in like early release Or am I thinking, am I confusing it with something else
1: I don't know, that's a good question I am not personally sure uh, I know that I'd seen a lot of preview footage of it And had heard people that had, had played some of the stuff And were super interested in what they were doing with it I've heard it likened to uh, Isometric Hitman But with a goose Oh
0: Well, was there like a goat game or something that I was... There was Goat Simulator. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's what I'm going to get confused with. I don't know if they're connected at all, but for some reason my brain is connecting those two, and it's like, I thought this was a thing that had already been out. Yeah, they're so... connected
1: in so far as they're both wacky animal games, I guess. I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I'm curious to see what's. Yeah, I've been seeing stuff about that game as well, so I'm curious to see what... Uh, Goose game is about. Untitled Goose Game is yeah.
1: about. So you talked um, about Super Mario World. What else have you been playing?
0: Well, yeah. So I have a Switch, um, and really have not been utilizing it enough. I played a little bit of Tetris 99, but I am just not a Tetris savage like uh, all the people online are. So I've been struggling with that. Uh, I play a little bit of the NES stuff. I didn't really. Like, I played some of the Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! recently. Okay. But I had forgotten some of the secrets and mechanics of how some of those guys work. So, uh, that was a little bit challenging. But then, yeah, the SNES stuff came out. And I played Super Mario World, and I felt pretty good about that. I beat it. Like, quote-unquote, beat it. uh, The straight path through. But, I don't know. Like, something about the Switch... I... I wish I wanted to play it more. Like I play it a lot at work. So like I work nights and weekends stuff like that where it's pretty chill, and I have a lot of downtime. So it's like a good system to kind of fuck around with while I'm there at work. Yeah, but if sure. I'm not at work, like I'm, I really that's not the thing I go to if I want to play games. I don't know. I don't know why that is. Like, so we have two in the house. Um, my wife Ashley has one. Yeah. Uh, Ashley also wanted to say hello to anyone that's listening I was talking to her earlier and she wanted me to put that out there get a shout out shout out from my wife Ashley she said hi to all the gamers out there but like in general I just something about something about it just feels I don't know I have a computer I've spent a lot of money on the computer it's really fast it's really good maybe I'm just not in enough Situations where the switch makes sense, right? Sure.
1: Yeah, uh, I would say for me the ideal application is typically I'm laying on the couch and watching something else on mm-hmm. the TV that I'm interested in uh, taking a look at or getting through some of my like video subscriptions and stuff that I wanted to take a look at the videos or or even watching a movie. I don't know. Uh, but Maybe it's I typically just need
0: to start busting it out more.
1: Yeah, I think that. Uh, having it like accessible in a couch adjacent area is what makes me always play it because there are tons of times where I like lounge on the couch, not thinking about playing a game and then look at it and I'm like, all right, like last night, um, no, not last night it was a few nights ago, but anyway, I saw it on the table and I was like, you know, maybe I should check in on my fire emblem, uh, buds here. Let's, let's see what's going on. And I ended up playing it for like four hours. So of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the thing too. Is uh,
0: so I got one for Ashley. I don't know, like a year ago, two years ago, maybe. It seems like it's been out longer than that. But I'd be playing on my computer, and then she, we've got a couch in our office, and so she would just hang out there and play a little bit. Um, she got like addicted to Stardew Valley and shit like that. But she's actually been having problems with her Switch. Uh, the power button is like no longer registering so
1: what is it it just doesn't do anything at all
0: yeah the power button like means nothing don't do anything it's not registering at all and so then if she's playing and she sets it down and the switch goes to sleep she can't wake it up or it's just like doesn't respond right yeah so she would have to put it on the dock for it to respond oh Um, that's
1: super weird
0: yeah it's a wicked super weird thing So she actually reached out to Nintendo and they're like, Hey, it's not a warranty, but if you ship it in, we can take a look, we might fix it. So she actually her Yeah. She shipped her switch off and I think the last, she got a, she got word from Nintendo that they're working on it, but I mean, who knows what that means. So.
1: Yeah, did she have to pay anything for them to... It was to... like
0: 99 bucks. Whoa. Because it's out of their warranty period of... I think it was like... She's had it for a year and a half, two years. And yeah, it's they're like, well, we have a warranty on it for a year. So she had to pay 99 bucks. Um, There might be an additional charge based on whatever's wrong with it. It sucks. That's extremely disappointing to hear. But... At the same time, like I get it, you know, it's a handheld, a lot device. She travels with it a lot. Like I'm not trying to say she abuses it at all because I know she doesn't, but th- these types of things have a lot of um, possibilities for shit to go wrong. Oh sure. And so, and so I understand Nintendo not wanting to like necessarily cover a a ton of shit, but it sucks because she really likes using it, and again she hasn't abused it at all so i don't know it'll be interesting to see what they say when they ship it back
1: yeah I, would be I, th- super I talked to her a little bit i talked to well. her a
0: little bit about getting the new nintendo light yeah um but she plays it in docked mode enough that it's like getting rid of the docked functionality is not really a selling point for us yeah, yeah. um so i don't know i hope we get it back if not fuck i'll buy another nintendo switch like i don't really want to but i want her to have her uh console yeah
1: i think honestly what for what you get out of that specific one if you use it um and you're super into it uh there obviously isn't anything else out there that compares to what you can do with a nintendo switch and i think for the price point they they really nailed it
0: Well, they also have the updated Switch, which they didn't
1: make a huge stink about, but it's like a new SoC system on chip. I thought about buying, I thought about trading mine in and getting one of those because of the better battery life.
0: Yeah, so anybody that doesn't know, it's, it's an upgraded SoC and it runs a little bit faster, but it has more battery efficiency. So in handheld mode, it would go from like, let's say you're playing Breath of the Wild Um, you might be lucky to get three hours out of the Switch's battery on that. Um, In the new SoC, you would get like six to seven hours out of it. So it's almost doubling the battery life, which, again, if you're traveling a lot, you're in airports or whatever, that's a big difference. Um, There's not a whole lot of flights. Like if you're going continentally in America – you could be playing Breath of the Wild from gate to gate, basically. Yeah, Al, uh, our
1: friend Al brought his um, on the bachelor party we were just at. And, yeah, I was always charging mine, and I never saw him charge his once. Oh, Al's a new one? Yeah, he got the new SKU. Oh. I didn't realize Alex was such a fancy person. Well, I told him specifically when he was going to buy it to make sure that he looked for that that one. So, he didn't get the standard ones since so I think they're the exact same price. Y- they are,
0: yeah. I think there's something on the box, like some kind of language on the box, but I, yeah, they're they're exactly the same price. So they're trying to blow out the old ones and they're trying to get the new ones out the door as well. So, um, you know, my Switch has been good. Again, I play it. There's like two weeks out of my rotation of six weeks where I can really play it at work. And outside of that, I really don't touch it, which is kind of a shame. I wish there was something more that was grabbing my attention, but
1: yeah. And you don't play any of the big tentpole releases, like you're not going to play an Animal Crossing or a Pokemon game. No, absolutely not. I wish I did.
0: A lot of that stuff reminds me of an old friend of mine, and that's not really why I don't play it per se. But it's like it's just it's just not what I'm into. I don't yeah, know. Sure. But it's nice to have something around right like again i spend like on my night shifts i'm at work for 84 hours that week sure and i get done typically i get done with my work around like midnight but like i have to be there until 6 a.m like i work six to six so in the evenings i, I like what what the fuck am i supposed to do yeah sure so either i watch like uh giant bomb or youtube or i fucking play my nintendo switch so it's nice to have i wish i had a better use case for it
1: do you think you would play something like an overwatch on your nintendo switch
0: yeah that's really you Uh, you know uh, that's that's an interesting thing that's come up is that they're releasing overwatch on the switch right
1: yeah i'm kind of curious because i've (sighs) i've liked that game when i've played it before And there are so many characters now that I think it'd be interesting to jump in there. And that game is so. It handles competitive multiplayer so positively that I never feel bad even if I've sucked during that round. Um, They definitely fundamentally took everything that was good about TF2 and made a way better game out of it.
0: See, I never played TF2. I never played. I never really played Overwatch. I played a little bit when it first came out and I was like, "Ah, I don't think this is for me. Um. Class-based shooters never really spoke to me too much. Yeah, that might—that actually might be a thing. That that I would—I have to look into that. That might actually be a thing. Well, because depending on the frame rates and stuff like that. Oh yeah, sure. I'm not—I'm not like such a frame rate junkie that I'm like, oh, it's running at 30 frames, I can't play. I'm—I'm really not that guy, but. Part of the issue I have with Overwatch is that I didn't get in on the ground floor or when I dig it in that it didn't really stick with me, so I kind of ignored it. Yeah. And the skill level now of people playing Overwatch seems like it's so high. Um That's That's a bigger conversation I think about oh, sure. being being an adult and playing games. Like you and I both have full-time jobs. We both have partners that we, you know, care about and want to spend time with and not to speak ill of anyone that is like either really highly skilled or is or has the time to really um, hone their skill in some of these games but it's like I just I don't have that time you know no I agree with you Hmm. I feel the same
1: way I think the nice thing about Overwatch or at least in our case of being able to play it is uh, the ability to Link up and and fucking play it with people mm-hmm. like your friends and, and
0: and that might be that might be like
1: the quote unquote killer app of the Switch right because, yeah it's only like, forty bucks too which is awesome
0: as much as I like Mario like I haven't played any of the recent Mario releases I played a little bit of Mario Odyssey on my wife's Switch uh, I haven't played any Mario Galaxy I've almost played zero uh, you know new Mario World 3D Oh sure, it's, yeah. Like something about it just is not clicking with me, mm-hmm. and it's not something that I'm seeking out.
1: So it's like, what do I have a switch for?
0: Yeah. One of the biggest games that's honestly interesting to me on the switch is Diablo Three.
1: Oh dude, I've uh, Al and I started playing that again, and uh, yeah, that and game that game's been out for what seven years, eight years. I uh, have bought it on PC, Xbox mm-hmm. Three Hundred and Sixty, mm-hmm. Xbox One ps4 (laughs) nintendo switch i think i bought it five times now uh and i told him the other day i was he got it and and uh, he was talking about wanting to play it and i was kind of like lukewarm on it because i've played it so many fucking times and the second that we got in there and uh started knocking out some mobs and getting some quests done i was right back in again i don't know what it is about that there's literally no new content out since i played Mm -hmm. it last but Uh, taking a step away from it and going back and and seeing he was so excited to play it and his excitement was kind of contagious and we're just like sitting in the living room on the couch watching a movie in the same room playing Diablo 3 which was a pretty wild experience
0: because I remember playing that with you like I remember playing with our buddy Nick and all the other guys we played it when
1: it fucking sucked when that game sucked (laughs) before the loot 2.0 and all that bullshit came out it was a yeah. garbage fucking game. And they, it is so far from that original product. It, it's almost indistinguishable at this point. So
0: Ashley and I have played that. And I don't remember if it's on PlayStation or on Xbox, but yeah, Ash, my wife and I have played that on console and it's just, it's a good ass game. Like they've, they finally fixed what was wrong with Diablo. Like they fixed the things they fucked up with Diablo. Um, and yeah, that's like, that's, I haven't bought it on
1: Switch yet, but that's the one game that I'm like,
0: mm, maybe I should buy that on the Nintendo Switch, you know?
1: Yeah, I would fucking play a ton more of that game. Love that shit. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So the Switch is like an interesting thing to is an interesting thing for me. I want to get more use out of it because it's just sitting there. Um, but outside of that, I actually fired up a game that I bought on. Like a Steam sale or something. Uh, my friend Pedro. Yeah, the banana game. The banana game. It's a it's a devolver digital game. Uh, it's like a third-person action. It's also, it's actually a side-scroller third-person action
1: game. I guess
0: like a John Woo or like a Max
1: Payne style. Yeah, like it's like a, uh, what do they call it, like Guntama? Yeah, yeah, yeah or gun so, maybe is what it is that i'm thinking of
0: but i i fired that up today because i had bought it on steam who knows how long ago and i actually had a really good time with it it seems a little bit clunky the way that some of the stuff moves there's a lot but, of
1: there are a lot of physics-based actions in that game right 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 so there's like a there's
0: like a bullet time slowdown. there's a dodge like you kind of spin your guy around to dodge any bullets coming in uh you can do, if you, you can hold two guns at a time. So you're splitting right to left. So you can kind of target a guy to your right, target a guy to your left and shoot them. And there's um, kill combos and things like that. What was interesting is that as I was playing it today is I started to get into some of the puzzle um, sections. So there's things like uh, pulleys where you have a, a platform that will lower as you stand on it. And it will lift a wall in front of you. So you can kind of get through there. There's switches to activate something to move left and right or up and down. Um, So it was was actually pretty fun. I recommend it. Okay. Uh,
1: Yeah, I heard really good things about that. And then I feel like it came out and it was sandwiched in between a couple of other games. And it kind of fell off my radar. But I need to check that out.
0: I've, yeah, I feel like you could probably get it for a little bit of a discount on Steam or something like that. Um, check it out; it's fun. Yeah, that game is on. It was a nice, yeah, it was a nice little you know bite sized
1: thing, right? Yeah, I it's on like it. everything. Did you already, you have not beaten it yet? No, no, no. no. Okay. I
0: I was just, I literally just playing it this morning. I had the morning off okay. from work and just had a little bit of time. So I was like, yeah, why not? Okay. Um, and I keep going back to Destiny 2. Yeah. I'm, When's I, the last I, time like that, that you booted it up? Dude, that thing has gotten its hooks into me, in a weird way. I think it's mainly because of the people I work with that are playing it. Yeah. Um. So you and I have talked about it a little bit. They recently did a thing where they did the cross save. So yeah, I brought all mine over. Yeah. Right when cross save, or excuse me, when Destiny Two originally came out, it was, I think it was, I want to say it was exclusive on consoles. So like you could play it on P S four and Xbox for a little bit. And then PC was like a week or two behind. And so almost everybody played on console. They had a character they ran up to, you know, whatever level. And then when the PC version came out, they kind of dropped off. So what Bungie has done, and if you follow the history of Bungie, they were originally under Microsoft. I believe they went independent and then Activision picked them up. And so there was questions about how Activision was handling them, and they have since left Activision and are now independent once again. You can now transfer your character from the consoles to PC or vice versa. Wherever your people are playing, you can set that uh, version of your character as active, what have you, and that's like your primary character. So. If you spent six months playing your character on PS4, you can bring all that progression over to PC now, uh, and vice versa. You you can basically pick whichever version you want to be active. So that's kind of the new thing that's come out and is making waves. Um, the way that Destiny okay. works though is, it seems like every week to every month, there
1: are new things to do, right? Yeah, and they've always been known for the it, event. Exactly, so they have these seasons. They have, it's,
0: they haven't mapped out. They're like, oh, we're in season. We're coming into season nine. We've got everything figured out for season eleven, right? It's such a bizarre game. I didn't get into Destiny one all that heavily, but for whatever reason, Destiny two is just like sunk its hooks into me. Um, there's a new, really big expansion coming out called Shadow Keep it's coming out i want to say october 1st and it's yeah yeah it's Damn totally it, changing the way that the armor works which i think will be good it's adding a bunch of more stats so like right now you have mobility defense and recovery maybe resilience basically like how fast do you move how much damage do you absorb before you take it and how quickly do you do you recover your health Or your shields. And so they're going to add a whole bunch of new um, stats. They're changing the way the armor works. So it's almost like... You know in Diablo 3 how you can transmogrify stuff? So you've got this high level thing, but it looks stupid. You've got this low level thing. It looks cool, but it has really bad stats. So you can change your high level thing to look cool and have the high level thing stats. I believe that's what they're going to do with the armor in Destiny 2. Which makes sense because Okay Part of the reason you do all this shit is that Your guns look cool Your armor looks cool So they had this, uh, they had an event I can't even remember what it's called now But basically you get a set of armor That is completely useless And through completing
1: Yeah I remember that and you imbue it with the spirit Of the item that you wanted So as you complete these challenges
0: the armor gets cooler and cooler and it gets better and better stats. And so now, I believe they're saying that that's one of their first armor 2.0
1: sets. That's what they're calling armor 2.0. So they're... And you're saying these these new ones, they upgrade based on your experience in the game? Well, yes and no. So they've always had mods on the armor. So let's say
0: your helmet has... uh, it has an empty mod slot. So you can mod in that you have better recovery. So your shields recharge faster. Or you have better mobility. So you can run faster. Um, there would also be mods like, you know, uh, hand cannon targeting or auto rifle targeting, things like that. To so just kind of cater your armor to the way that you play. So if you had a very specific gun loadout you liked, you could set up your armor to complement that. Um, It sounds like what they're going to be doing is basically saying, okay, here's a piece of armor. Um, If you like the way it looks, you can now choose what type of perks are on that armor. And you can also choose what type of mods are on that armor. So it's kind of fundamentally changing it because in a loot-based game, you're grinding out the armor, you're grinding out the guns to get the the combination that you want, right? And the aesthetics of it don't necessarily matter as much because you're like, well, it looks stupid, but I can reload my pistol twice as fast. I don't get flinched when I get shot. So my aim is very steady and I carry extra ammo for my pistol, right? And the way that the pistols work or the hand cannons work is like, yeah. you get two headshots and somebody's dead. Oh, damn. So. It's like a very high skill based. But if you can get some of these perks on it, it, you fucking shred. It's insane. And all the classes of guns have perks like this. All the armor will be set up in such a way to do this. But you start to get like a a, a mix match set, right? So going back to Diablo, right? You have very obvious sets that kind of work together. Mm -hmm. i mean they legitimately have armor sets and they look really cool and they have synergistic perks destiny doesn't necessarily have that so you can equip one exotic armor whether it's your helmet or your um, legs what have you and then everything else has to be a lower level and some of the exotic stuff is like the coolest looking shit in the game like sure when when you look at a uh a character, if they have like a weird um, light pattern going over their face, like that's almost always an exotic uh, helmet. Or if they have these really huge shoulder pauldrons and they look really wild. Yeah, and you're... That's almost always an you're exotic.
1: Historically, um, You're ex- historically only able to equip one of those at a time, correct? Right, right,
0: right. So the idea is that hopefully we can make our guys look really cool because there's so many... Um, game modes where you're playing with other people whether it's uh, pvp or uh, pve like the strikes playlist so now you can make your guy look cool and you can potentially make your guy have good stats on them and you can have good perks so this is all going to be brand new as of um, october 1st but they're also changing the way that the cosmetics work that you have to buy So right now you can buy a currency to buy some of the stuff in one of the markets. I think they're going to be changing that. So there's a lot of changes coming to the game. Okay. And it's like, why would I play it
1: right now? Yeah, it makes sense. You Wait until you can get... Some new life out of it, right? Because so, you have no idea what the implications of this stuff turning over does to whatever work that you do right now. Exactly. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: The developers, Bungie, and um, the the developers there have actually been really good at communicating some of this stuff, but they're very obviously keeping stuff kind of under wraps. And as you know, as much as I can watch a video where they talk about how this stuff is going to change, it's not. You can't really understand it until you kind of get into it. So I haven't been playing it very much, but like it's, it's arresting a lot of my attention and my thought process of like, okay, so how is this going to be different? How is it going to change? Um, one of the big things, I don't know if you played Destiny 1. I think you did, right? Yeah, I did. So right now in Destiny 2, the moon, the Earth's moon, is not a destination you can go to. It was a huge destination in Destiny 1. Yep. They're, bringing, they're bringing the moon back. So we can go back to the moon. Um, My friends are very excited about that. It doesn't mean a lot to me. But it's just, it's such a weird game. Something something about Destiny 2, it is such a weird game that they have been able to build up all this lore over, I want to say the last five years. And there's so many little weird secrets and there's so many little weird weapons and ways you get stuff that... To me as a relatively casual player, like I just don't get or I don't see there's something weird about destiny. I don't know what it is, but there's like a depth to it that's it's not apparent from the start,
1: right? Sure. Yeah, I'm sure with the way that they're going to rearrange and expand the stats out that you're going to get more into an area of min-maxing than the games had before and people finding new ways to push a specific set of gear and get some good performance out of it in certain stats or certain things that they use more. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that community, uh, continues to look at that and, um, and kind of strategizes or what the meta becomes as, as those new changes are more apparent. I'm a, i am I have it downloaded. I'm I'll get that expansion too. I'm, I'm also anxious to, to see what it, what that looks like, bro.
0: We got to get you in. We we've, we've got to get you hooked.
1: I definitely could see myself getting back into Well, The shooting just all, I know that's something that everyone always is going to say about that game, but uh, there are very few games that rival um, the, the, Way that bullet impact feels in that game, it, it's just very effective.
0: You and I have talked about this offline a ton, and it's like the feeling, the and the feedback loop also is. If you get a if you get a headshot or you get a critical shot, depending on who you're, you know what you're fighting, like it's so fucking obvious when you're doing well, and it's so obvious when you're not. And that's one of the things that's like, um, like Call of Duty, right? Like Call of Duty Beta came out recently. I, yeah, I yeah. Haven't, I haven't really played it. I need to download
1: that for PC tonight, actually.
0: I yeah, I should download it as well. I got a code from Nvidia. Ooh. for using GeForce Experience. But it's oh like my. there's a very and, and I think Borderlands 3 does the same thing, right? Where you, when you get a headshot or a critical shot, there's like a very obvious um indicator of that.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Especially in uh Borderlands specifically uh this the way that the body's ragdoll uh when you've gotten a clean like headshot the way they tumble yeah there's a lot of good visual indicators like you said when uh stuff like that's happening that uh makes the shooting feel good or makes you have that sense of efficacy
0: so that's i mean something about it it's like it's just the feedback loop on that game that feels so good and As crazy as the community is and as crazy as the developer is and some of the stuff that they release and all the secrets and stuff and even some of the challenges, right? So, for example, you can get kind of a subtitle to your name. So my name on there is Unz Unz Unz. And I could have the subtitle Dredgen or I could have the subtitle MMIXV or something like that. There's a lot of, or Curse Breaker, there's a lot of subtitles based on like the challenges or the triumphs that you have yeah, done. Yeah, that's
1: so funny, man. They, uh, they're they taking so many steps of what WoW did to shake their game up uh, probably about 10 years ago. But I think it's good stuff. I think it, I think there are things like that titling system, transmog shit, the different stats, the, all stuff that kind of come from that game and the way that they had formulated uh, player-to-player interactions, like you said, whether it be PvE or PvP, because they realized that so much of that interaction and hype was centered around the gear and being able to show that off to your friends and, like, look cool. Uh, and, see, and, and so, and the, that's titles, so funny. Yeah, the titles go hand-in-hand with that, for sure.
0: And that's so funny because I never played WoW. Like, that's, like, a huge blind spot in my, you know, gaming history. So I didn't realize that that was something that had already been done, right? Oh, sure, yeah but it's just an, it's a really interesting thing and i i'm really happy like in a way i'm really happy that they're independent from activision now because activision ea like these really big game companies are like some of the most hated companies in the world and i don't think they're necessarily
1: um i don't think that that's necessarily wrong right no, not at all. I think that they're so centered around wringing as much value from the property that they miss what makes people like the games in the first place. It, I like, think if um, you want to charge
0: me $60 or $70 or $80 for a game, like if it's a good game, I'll buy it. Um and and if you want to make a long tail on the game, right? Like uh you want to release the game for 60 and you want to create a couple expansions for 20 or twenty five, or even you know whatever. Um, if the game is good, I will I will follow you and I will support you. And even small games, like I said, I picked up uh, my friend Pedro recently. Like that's a that's a tiny game, That's a nothing game in my opinion. I, and I don't mean to talk poorly about anybody that worked on the game, but like that's not going to be a game that I play for two hundred hours, right? Sure, yeah. Um, but like respect my time and respect the money I'm putting into it and don't fucking nickel and dime me to death. And I feel like so many games are going in that direction now. And it's like destiny has gotten out from under or Bungie has gotten out from under Microsoft and Activision within the last five years. And it sounds so stupid to say it, but like I trust them in a way um, to make good on what they're charging
1: me money for. Sure, yeah, and it, it and I think they might, you know previously being under larger develop developers like that probably had to have some interesting conversations about the things that they thought would make the game good, but things that might not necessarily be financially beneficial. The fact that we got um, we got those uh, account transfers. Uh, oh, that's huge! It's it's massive, you know. So that's huge. Um, I agree. I think a lot of these larger publishers, obviously, we've seen more recently with some of the insane loot practices and shit like what NBA NBA Two K or Two K Twenty, the one that came out right after there was the big um, thing about microtrans gambling style mechanics um Hmm. and then they came out with a game that just legit has a fucking slot machine in it and that's how you get everything (laughs) well i mean like you said I, i mean even at the even at the risk of of hurting their ability to continue putting out games or like messing it up for other people they just don't care if they can wring the money out of it that's all that's important i think
0: and you know like i hadn't read
1: anything about the 2k20 stuff that sounds straight up shitty that's like one of three different ways you can spend premium currency
0: but you know again going back to destiny it's like okay so we have let's say you and i both were playing on ps4 together right and then you and i both upgraded our pcs and were like well fuck let's play this at 60 frames a second let's play this at 4k resolution Yada 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 right you and i both spend like two thousand dollars on a pc theoretically And then they're going to say, well, no, you can't actually take this character, even though it's all the same shit. You need to buy buy the game again for $60. But that fucking sucks as a consumer. It just sucks. And for such an online interconnected game that really there's no reason to make somebody buy it again outside of a bean counter somewhere saying, well, if you don't allow them to cross save, they might spend another $60 on the game it
1: fucking sucks yeah and so it's
0: super cool to see a developer like bungie start to do like consumer friendly practices like cross save and it's not even cross play where you're on your ps4 i'm on my computer and let's say our buddy nick is on his xbox and we can all play together right it's not even that like that's the, the utopia gamer thing where we can all just play together no matter what we're on like I'm not even really asking for that. It would be cool, but like, let me transfer my fucking data over. It's all in your guys' hands. Like, why can't we just do that? And it's because of finances, ROI, and all this other bullshit, right? Yeah. So it's it's actually super refreshing to see a developer, you know, break free of a larger publisher or parent company where all they're interested in is ROI. And to say, well, what's actually good for our game? What's actually good for the people that have supported us over the last five years? Because if you or I were pissed off by Destiny 1 and the way they did shit, or pissed off by the way that they did uh, Destiny 2 stuff at the beginning, we said say, we're not going to fuck with that. We're going to go... Because, dude, how many games are sitting in your library right now where you could be playing them right now and, and just ignore... All these other games out right now an embarrassing amount
1: like an embarrassing uh, uh, over every single console that i own in totality in the house like there are so many options you would never run out of games
0: to play i don't know about your steam library i would never run out of games to play i think i've, I've got w-
1: 200 games on there
0: right right and, and and they're constantly coming out with more and so to stick with something like a destiny 2 Or PUBG, or an Overwatch, or any of the other games, is—it's kind of crazy in a way because you're not seeing the new thing that's coming out. But it's also like, all right, well, I want to see what else you're gonna do. Like, I know this is now like a games as a service thing. I want to see what you're gonna do, and that's why I just—I know it's so stupid. (laughs) I—I want to play the new Call of Duty game. I'm a Call of Duty guy. Yeah. Um, I really like the Call of Duty games. I take a couple of years off here and there, but like I really like these games and I really want to play the new one. But I I haven't I haven't downloaded any of the betas. Yeah. I haven't downloaded anything to play it yet. And I don't know if I'm going to. Because like I just want to keep playing Destiny. <laughs> they, they got you. Keep, they got you. They they fucking got me. And if they can keep <laughs> doing that, if they can keep me, then, dude, I'm gonna buy the expansion. It's day one. Like I'm, there's, I'm getting Shadowkeep. It's day one. There's, there's no question about it. Am I gonna get Call of Duty Modern Warfare? Well, I don't know, because the cool thing. Well, okay, so the cool thing about Modern Warfare is that there's crossplay on this one.
1: What well, we were saying about Destiny, right? Oh, there, there actually is crossplay on this one. Yeah. So let's oh, say you wow. have
0: it on PS4. I have it on. Uh, PC, right? If you are not playing with me, you're just on PS4 and you go into a quick play lobby, you're only going to be going against uh, PS4 or Xbox players, right? Let's say uh, instead I'm online, you invite me to your lobby, so I've got a keyboard and mouse, you've got a controller, you and I are going to be going up against players whether they have controllers or keyboard or mouse.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: That's kind of I, that's my understanding of how they're going to be separating out, separating out this. Uh, cross-play system right uh that's super fucking cool because i want the cool graphics i want the fast graphics i want the fast load times and i want to play on my computer with my mouse and keyboard the problem i have with black ops 4 that i played on my pc is that the multiplayer lobbies fucking dried up within like two months oh really dude the multiplayer lobbies dried up fast And so then I had to go to whatever was the special game mode that they were promoting that day. Like, I like to play Kill Confirmed. I like to play Team Deathmatch. Those are like my two main things I like to play. If I wasn't playing whatever weird hopper or lobby or channel that they had set up, sometimes I wouldn't be able to find a game
1: it's that's, crazy
0: and that was how how long after they released it? a couple of months after it was released yeah that's
1: insane
0: but if i wanted to play their blackout mode their like battle royale mode which i liked but wasn't super into i could get in but yeah that, if, that
1: makes sense to me the I multiplayer
0: totally the multiplayer call of duty speaks to me more than the battle royale mode does so i wanted to play that but yeah it died within months dude and it's like I, I bought a multiplayer game that had a lifespan of six of 60 days. That's stupid.
1: That's a dollar a day. Yeah. I think that that's where you get into the more interesting conversation of games as a service. Uh, if done right, you definitely get the value.
0: And, and what they're going to be doing with this next one, where you can play with console players. I think that's a huge benefit for PC players. and, and a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna be owning noobs with my keyboard and mouse. Like, that's not really what I'm talking about. It's just the ability to get into lobbies. And again, the way that they're doing the cross platform, where you have to have a friend that's on the console, if you're on PC and you wanna get into like console lobbies, quote unquote, uh, it could be difficult. But if they lose, and, and Call of Duty developers have shown they're willing to loosen some of the restrictions that might be a way to keep the player base alive on PC where it's only for two months or three months on PC. And it's like 10 months, 11 months on console. This might be a way to stretch again, to stretch that tail out on the PC.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. I'm anxious to see how that works because I think that there, I think that there is less of a difference between console and PC than people think. And I think the people on console have gotten so used to playing that they've gotten really good at using that system. I Dude. think you know there's always this um, there's always this idea that you know PC players are just gonna own every single console player mm-hmm. because the, the the mouse is more precise and, and blah blah blah. And that's true. Like I, there is some truth to that in the refinement of your controls, um, but i think that there are so many people that have been invested in consoles for so long and honestly the controllers have gotten better with the dead zones and uh how precise a lot of those joysticks work that i mean i think that people will be surprised how competitive console players are going to be coming out of the gate
0: dude if you set me up on my pc versus like a really good console player i'm gonna get smoked like really there's no doubt about it i'm gonna get smoked it's a it's an age thing. It's a reaction time thing, and it's a it's a it's a time committed thing. If some of these kids out there with the con- uh, controllers are really good, they're gonna fucking smoke me. I think there's skills beyond what you gain from using
1: your input method.
0: Yeah, yeah it makes I a agree. Big
1: difference in that stuff. So I agree with you. And the and the way you play might even be different to compensate for that. One
0: hundred percent
1: but uh i i definitely think that uh anybody that would i don't think anybody's probably that i'm sure people are pissed about this because everyone wants to have their own thing and not it goes back to the gatekeeping thing where everything else sucks but the thing i like and you can't like it because i know more than you about it or whatever the fuck so um i don't know that just seems like a positive for me especially when you like you said you look at the longevity of the servers on the PC version of that last black ops that you were saying, that's they've got to find a way to figure that out. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the interesting thing I was thinking about though, when we, when you were talking about um, them leaving Microsoft in the beginning is how much the ethos uh, of the kind of Microsoft Xbox branding right now mirrors Bungie. What do you they mean? uh in the sense of you know Xbox is doing uh buy it on the console be able to play it on the PC that play anywhere capability mm-hmm. uh they're looking at ways they they're looking at ways for cross play for everything like they want you to be able to do that they want you to be able to share between accounts i don't know they bungie and microsoft seem more compatible now than they did when that split happened
0: that's actually super interesting So Xbox 360 was definitely on the top.
1: Oh, for sure. And when
0: the console generation switched, Xbox One, like Microsoft shot themselves in the dick. And they've been trying to claw their way back. I don't know how much of that is like marketing. I don't know how much of that is just um, Phil Spencer being a real ass dude. I think Phil Spencer is a real ass dude of the week.
1: Yeah, he uh, has a way with PR. I don't. It's 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 insane to see how charismatic and how knowledgeable he is about things. And but you're
0: you're absolutely right that it's just like when they were originally under Microsoft, maybe it wasn't working. And now with the leadership change, like, I don't know, it would be so interesting to see what would happen if Bungie came back under Microsoft's umbrella? Yeah. I, I don't
1: just, I don't think
0: it would happen.
1: I don't think it'll happen either, but I think that we've never been in a time in the last decade where it was more of a possibility than right now.
0: Because, you know, Microsoft has been buying up studios left and right. Oh, yeah. They're trying to get their first-party stuff shored up. Um, wow. That's actually, damn, I hadn't even thought about that.
1: Well, cause the whole idea of destiny right now, from what I understand is they want to, don't they want to be able to go back and eventually make good on the single game idea that they were trying to do? Like, I wonder if some point they'll try to, to, um, to thread together destiny one and two and try I I heard somewhere that they still want to make it like a seamless world. Well, uh, in a
0: way, they in a way they are. So, like some of the guns that were in one are coming back, some of the uh, multiplayer maps in one are coming back, some of the locations like the moon are coming back, and it's this huge deal to a lot of these Destiny players. Yeah. Um, hmm. So, like, what? Were, what? I I was watching a Giant Bomb thing where they had some bunchy guys and some of the folks that work.
1: On Warframe, I can't remember the developer of that. Tenno, or no, wait, Tenno is the name of the thing. TennoCon, what the fuck but, is the name of that studio? I know who, yeah, go ahead. Anyways,
0: so Warframe, their idea is that they just expand indefinitely, right? So if you played Warframe three years ago and you get into Warframe today, like it's this huge amount of extra stuff that you could do. Destiny is bungie is trying to say okay we can't expand indefinitely we have to um like if a new season comes out they're going to add something and they're going to take something away and so they're kind of like adding and removing events and um game modes and things like that to try and keep it as like a sane download right because every time you have to to update the executable or what have you um warframe is like Right now, we're just expanding and we're going to keep expanding until it becomes too much. And, and the Bungie guys were like, we need to kind of think about this, right? So that's an interesting thing as well of like just the update um, strategy or the
1: update philosophy, right?
0: Yeah. How, how do you keep the game growing as a live game in 2019?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. It seems like they're doing a good job at, at, at gathering data on what people are enjoying and trying their best to continue doing more of that.
0: Well, one of the interesting things, and, and we can get off Destiny here, but there was, a, <laughs> there, was a, there was a mission where you go to the old tower, so the former tower where you were at, and you kind of work your way down through a puzzle to get um, a new gun, a new exotic gun. And it was a gun from Destiny 1 called Outbreak Perfected. Okay, I remember this, yeah. And Bungie said they were able to fund the development of this unique level and this unique gun. They were able to fund that off of the cosmetic purchases that players were making. Oh, gotcha. So players have spent $60 on the game to, to get the game, or however much they spend to get it and then they pump more money in to get um, cosmetic changes for armor or guns and I, I, I hesitate to say this but I think they said it was based off of one gun cosmetic changes for one gun they were able to fund the development of a whole new level and to actually two new levels to and one new gun just based off of cosmetic changes
1: yeah that's super cool that's crazy, That's a really right? smart idea to... Well, obviously, I mean, you should always be putting that money back in to continue to grow it. Because the longer it stays, the more of those cosmetic purchases are going to be anyway. But yeah, they're I'm sure they're making hand over fist money and, and uh, being out from under the thumb of Activision. They're probably in an interesting place uh, moving forward in, in the type of things that they can do. Mm-hmm. So...
0: Yeah, you know, that's a lot of talk for Destiny when I haven't played any of it recently. <laughs> well, uh, this is
1: good because we're getting your baseline on it before, which is already way up there. So we'll see. We'll record after that expansion comes out and then we we can get some more Destiny talking. I'm,
0: I'm really excited for it. I'm, I'm really, really excited to have a reason to play again, which is, it sounds so, so strange, but um, I'm not working towards anything right now. I got the one gun that I thought was fairly attainable Um, and based off of some of the changes they're going to be making to the PVE meta, I think it's a good gun to have. So I'm excited, Um, but we'll check back in for sure. All right, cool. Shane, what do you got on the news front?
1: All right, we just got a couple here so we can kind of run through these quick. Um, I picked this one up off of uh, PC gamer. Uh, Twitch has acquired the internet gaming database um, so I was talking to you a little bit before the show here um, about the fact that prior to this, Twitch's game directory was based off of the Giant Bomb wiki uh, yeah. that has all of their games on there, which is a pretty comprehensive list of games. Um, and it, I guess when it's showing like the metadata on your stream of which game you were playing, that's kind of where it pulled from to give additional data on what the game was or platforms or things like that. So I
0: had no idea that Twitch was... Using Giant Bomb's uh, video game wiki.
1: Yeah, it's that's it's interesting. It make it makes a lot of sense when you really consider it, though. And I remember hearing it on a, a Bombcast maybe a couple months back, even. Um, so this new internet games database apparently is way more comprehensive, especially when it comes to smaller indie games. So Twitch has bought this search backend. Uh, to improve their um try, the game directory I guess on their service um I I guess I don't it's cool and I'm glad that they're doing it because I think that there're probably a lot of weird games that are played on on Twitch that um yeah. are difficult <laughs> difficult to kind of aggregate into a search function for people that are looking for that kind of content um so uh, yeah, definitely a, a net positive uh I guess for them and in, in just being able to uh get that content out to people that are looking for it a little bit more readily. Um I'm wondering though cuz oh, the giant bomb, giant bomb one always seemed super big to me and it's been ex- it's been in some sort of existence for what the last like 12 or 13 years maybe. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I I don't know. This isn't a huge news story. It just was interesting because it was Giant Bomb related, so that's why I fucking pulled it. Really, but
0: well, it's also Twitch related, which you know, to ninety nine percent of the people that watch Twitch, they don't care. It's been but a it, lot. It is it, It's an interesting thing on the back end. That's like, it's a it's a big impact on anybody that's like a big streamer, right?
1: Oh sure, sure. Um, and I I've heard recently that like Twitch isn't doing the best. What do you mean? Uh, Anymore. Like that. um, And this is kind of, I guess, conjecture at this point because I'm not looking at any source or anything. So you just have to, I guess, look that up. But I'd heard that they were having some difficulty uh, in terms of how profitable the company was. Um,
0: Well, I mean, they lost Ninja to Mixer.
1: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people treated that as a joke, but I think that is a fucking huge hit for them. Well, yeah,
0: one of one of their top people that are drawing people to the site goes to the competitor.
1: And so that becomes a contagious thing because people are excited about new and different features and now the person that they like is on there. Um, so yeah, the, the implication of that was probably pretty big. Um, I wonder if Twitch will continue to stay at the forefront of being like the game's streaming place or the platform to go to. Because what the, the big ones, Twitch obviously the biggest uh and they have that amazon money to kind of prop them up mm.
0: um mm. amazon money
1: youtube and what was the what's the microsoft mixer
0: yeah that's a, that's who ninja went to was mixer
1: yeah and that that's a microsoft property right oh yeah. yeah 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 okay i thought that yeah forza had some mixer integration or something in there oh yeah for sure okay uh yeah i'd be, I'd be excited or not excited i guess curious to see what? you gotta get a mixer bro I guess I'm. that's I'm where watching. ninjas at did you hear yeah I heard I I'm not, <laughs> I've got to go check him
0: out I will say I have a, a small twitch channel twitch.tv slash uns Yeah. Um, you know just come check it out if you want to that's, that's the twitch plug of the day yeah
1: bro. definitely check it out I've enjoyed watching you and your, your buds play destiny <laughs> Uh,
0: so I mean, but to get back to it, I mean, it's, it's, that's kind of a big change Uh, I get nervous about some of these companies, especially companies owned by Amazon, um, consolidating and pulling things under their purview. Oh, sure. You know, the giant bomb database is technically owned by CBS. So, you know, how safe is it or whatever but i yeah um amazon's twitch now owning the internet uh gaming database i don't know it, it's probably fine it's probably yeah fine. there's a
1: strange implication there especially because they market goods uh <laughs> so it's, I, probably, I, fine. it's, it's probably, probably fine it's <laughs> probably it's probably fine it's probably fine don't get me too um, worked up i know <laughs> <laughs> well uh last uh story of the day this is kind of a slow news story uh apple arcade launch launched recently and people seem to really be enjoying that i keep now, what on what the he- hell is apple Arcade? i keep on hearing about it which is insane uh, so, all right so apple arcade is so okay you know how phone games suck now because you buy it and then they're like microtransactions, or yeah, phone it, games you, suck ass. Yeah, or they're just straight up microtransactions in it. Mm-hmm. This is a Apple Arcade is a service that you can buy. Imagine that. Uh, okay, another yes. fucking service, it's unlimited access to a large swath of games, and it's kind of trying a Netflix approach to mobile gaming. So, getting okay, back so to so if I have
0: an iPhone 11 with the three cameras on it,
1: yeah, and
0: I want to play Call of Duty, can I play Call of Duty?
1: I don't think Call of Duty is that game. I think we're talking about smaller indie experiences that are going to be tailored for this specific platform.
0: Okay, so I've got a iPhone 11, three cameras. Yes. I want to play uh the jetpack
1: game. Jetpack Joyride? Yes. I don't know if it's on there, but I wouldn't be surprised. These what, ga- fucking game, what fucking games are on this thing? A lot of these games are, from what I can see, um, they are less about the mechanics of a jetpack joyride and more like indie style games. Like you have Shantae and the Seven Sirens, which is a, a side-scroller style game. Uh, Exit the Gungeon, um, okay. which is like a side-scroller follow-up to enter the gungeon. Uh, the roguelike shooter. Uh, which is looks pretty cool. Um, looks kind of like a, a Metroidvania-style s- pixel side-scroller, which I'm always into. Uh, one looks like an XCOM-style game, which I think would benefit from the touch controls of a device uh, called Spaceland. And that one looks really cool. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, a lot of those mobile experiences are... Uh, you I don't think you have... Uh, I don't think that you have ever played it before, but Donut County. Um, I
0: have not played Donut County, but that was one of the games that's always been like, I really want to play that. It looks fun. And yeah, it's just like a mobile game, but it's it's something like crazy. You just yeah. move a hole around on the ground.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. So it seems like a lot of those smaller experiences, like the ones that you said you had from uh, my friend Pedro, just in a subscription service and on the... Um, iPhone, but the games do genuinely look cool. I mean, I've never seen any of these, but they look like they would be fun to play. So
0: the crazy thing to me is the hubbub that I've been hearing is like, holy shit, you know, Apple finally released a thing that has like everybody talking about it, and it's like a finally like a good launch, right?
1: Yeah.
0: How did they? How did they just sneak this?
1: I don't know. I didn't even know that this was even a thing that was coming out. I, I don't know if many, I don't know if it's something that was like Apple stuff is obviously not on my radar. Um, so I, if there was talk about this, I had not seen any of it, but it just, everybody uh, is super excited about this and said the quality of games. I mean, there's so many lists like top 13 games or top 20 games and everyone's got different ones. They really like, uh, seems like there's something for everybody mm. Which well, that's be,
0: gonna be really uh, so that's like that's out now right
1: like, yeah that's it's, uh you can get a free month and then it's five dollars after that. do I need an iPod or an iPod? yeah, you would need some sort of i device fuck it's making me want to get an iphone, but I'm not gonna do it oh my god, just well okay, here's the thing
0: what if you got an iPad
1: yeah, I could those are also bigger expensive. screen bigger screen yeah.
0: That's true. Think about it. You know. Okay. <sighs> I think uh, I think that probably does it for tonight.
1: Yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. We'll check back in on Destiny. Um, now that I've got this new studio built, it's feeling good. I need to do some tweaks and getting that going. And I have a I work with a guy who does voiceover, so I've been kind of picking oh, really? his brain. Yeah, he does professional voiceover work. Um, he has his own little home studio. So I've been picking his brain on that. So uh, continue looking at ways to get better. And I have a couple other projects uh, that are podcast related that might be coming up soon. So, um, That's awesome, dude.
0: Well, because I know the last spot you were in was like, A, one out of necessity. B, crazy
1: neighbors. Oh, all the so- time, man. All the fucking time. I have it's, a way better spot here. Yeah, everything is just positive right now. So,
0: I mean, hey man, I'm so happy things are on the up and up for you.
1: Yeah, everything yeah. in my life is crashing to the ground. It's all burning. I'm just, um, just fucking soul sucking you. <laughs> that sounded like sexual, but it wasn't, dude. Normally, I have to pay for that. But, oh um. God! All right. Um, <laughs> thanks again for Radioactive Sandwich for the music. Uh,
0: absolutely. Uh, check them out. Um, Radioactive Sandwich on Facebook, Instagram. Um, Loren and Julian are two very good boys. They're uh, pixels per minute um, stamp of approval good boys. So Absolutely. Completely please check agree. them out. Uh, they have a new album coming out soon, Planets. And I think if you like this podcast, you might like them. You can also check out some of their older works. One of my favorite songs from Radioactive Sandwich. You know what it is, Shane?
1: Which one is that? Who
0: am I? Okay, we'll it's end it on classic. that. Classic. Who are classic. we really as
1: people? You know, ponder that, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Shane. Later.